Hello, y'all. This is the Wednesday show, and this is the show that is about y'all talk with a southern accent. It's just about here. That would be summertime, and a lot of you might be listening to us cozy up along a beach on the Atlantic coast or on the Gulf of Mexico. Got you a good book. Well, put that book down for just a little while and enjoy two hours of incredible southern talk. This is y'all. Coming up in just a few minutes on y'all, we've got Jonathan Leifite dropping by with the ACC News. Two teams from the Atlantic Coast Conference are going to be in Omaha, Nebraska this weekend. Both Florida State and the University of Louisville Cardinals make their way to the College World Series. And we will talk about that feat with Jonathan Leifite of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital later this hour. Plus, we will get his take on ACC football. We actually will break down all of the coaches. Who is the ACC coach that's most on a hot seat? Meaning, he better watch out or he won't have a job real soon. We'll let you know that. And, of course, on the opposite end of that, what ACC coach could probably kind of quoting what Donald Trump said back in the 2016 election. This coach could go out on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and get away with it. Well, we have that answer. Maybe not shoot somebody, but yes, we, we could do a lot of bad things and still be firmly the head coach at this school. No, no hard guess there, I'm sure. Then when we get to hour two of today's y'all show, we'll have hashtag hullabaloo always fun to find some stuff in there. And I've got something about the great state of Mississippi that I'll try to mix in on today's show and hour two that I found a gif out there that should be a fun thing to discuss. And then in hour two, our friend Precious Harris will be on. And boy, I know she has been going nonstop since early last week. It was CMA Fest in downtown Nashville with more than a hundred thousand people showing up in nashville for this huge country music event precious was there all the way for it and we will find out what happened in nashville last week what's happening in nashville this week in fact i know precious was just at a number one party i think it was last night so we'll find out what's going on with precious and the country music beat when we get to hour two if you want to connect to us on y'all so easy it's 803-816-1170 you can find us on the web at y'all.com we have a couple of other ways to reach out to us we have instagram and twitter at y'all show then we have a couple of streaming apps that are absolutely free of charge all you got to do is add it to your smartphone or your ipad and that triumvirate of apps includes the TuneIn Radio app, the iHeartRadio app, and the Apple iTunes podcast app, the little purple icon, all three of which are free. Just add it to your smartphone or iPad, and then go in there and search for Y'all Show, and it will be set up for you to get the show each and every day. When we upload a new show, it will download right to your device. Pretty neat stuff, and we're glad that you, all of you already who get our advice, uh, get our show via your device that way thank you and if you haven't done that please do and again we appreciate all of you who listen to us in podcast form and we certainly appreciate all of you who listen to one of us uh, us on one of our great radio stations across dixie thank you ever so much now we'll get into the headlines here starting out today's show and golly for the second time in just two weeks i'm heading to the carolinas here pretty soon in North Carolina at Ocean Isle, another teenager has been bitten by a shark while surfing off the coast of North Carolina. 19-year-old Austin Reed is expected to be fined after receiving what officials have described as a marine bite 
at Ocean Isle, and his grandmother told local news outlets that her grandson's injury resembled a deep tooth bite. His father says his son had surgery to close an approximately 10-inch wound on his foot. But it looks like another shark attack. Now, just the other day, a 17-year-old from North Carolina, Paige Winter, lost most of her leg from a shark bite received at Fort Macon State Park. Now, talk about an upbeat kid. This 17-year-old, she was perfectly fine. I mean, she didn't want to lose her leg, but she did. And she's like got the right attitude and she didn't blame it on the shark remember this is the shark's territory when we go out there in that ocean especially in the carolinas these days there's a lot of sharks they're what they call land sharks in mississippi but they're in the atlantic coast they're just called sharks and boy they are they are on a war path it appears this early part of the summer even though we're not officially in the summer season yet but be careful if you're heading to the outer banks of north carolina or any of those areas along the north carolina coast the south carolina coast and i think i've seen even in georgia the coast there has had more than its average number of shark sightings now here's another story coming from the carolinas and this is where we're headed later this week to lexington county south carolina and the father of the man that just got sentenced for his well he was just found guilty he's being sentenced right now timothy jones jr was found guilty of killing his five kids and now the mother of the five kids his ex is asking for the court to spare his life she's asking for mercy for her husband and i think they're still married our ex they are divorced now but yes this man recently found guilty in lexington south carolina and he is a graduate of mississippi state remember he killed his five kids and then took off and I think he was arrested in Alabama trying to maybe get back to Mississippi along the way. But, yeah, his ex-wife pleading for his life. And I don't know why that would be the case for this woman. I would think (laughs) I would think if my ex would be out there that and killed my own children, I wouldn't be asking for their life. But Amber Kaiser has done just that in Lexington, South Carolina and Timothy Jones Jr. now awaiting sentencing, surely to be life in prison, but perhaps the death chair or death sentence for him there in the Palmetto State. Update on another story we told you about. Hugh Culverson Jr., he gave $26.5 million to the University of Alabama, and they renamed the School of Law there in Tuscaloosa for him. This is a very successful Florida real estate investor. And the 70-year-old gave this money to the capstone. And now the University of Alabama has given back that donation. And here is the explanation put out by the capstone, the University of Alabama, about that. They say that it was never about abortion, the reason they've returned this donor's money. And the university's officials released a selection of emails to back up their contention that their decision to return this record $26.5 million donation had nothing to do with the donor's highly publicized call for a boycott in response to the state of Alabama's new near-total abortion ban. Instead, these emails released by the University of Alabama suggest the relationship between the university and Culver House had already soured before he called for the boycott and that the university was already moving to return his record donation before he spoke out. Oh, okay, we've got a little civil war going on over again. What was nearly a $27 million gift to the university. And there's been a lot of powerful people who graduated from the University of Alabama's law school. In fact, 
what is the nickname President Trump has for Joe Scarborough? But sure enough, the MSNBC host is a graduate of the University of Alabama School of Law. I think. I think I'm right there. I know he went to Alabama, but I'm pretty sure he went to their law school. Morris Dees, who's been in some hot water here in the last couple of months, the guy who created the advocacy group out of Montgomery that, of course, has been under the watchful eye of a lot of people the last couple of months there with that and the, the Southern Poverty Pro, Pro, Southern Poverty Law Center, Marcy's a graduate of the UA Law School. So, and there's a lot of other, uh, I guess, in Alabama and beyond that went through a very prestigious law school at the University of Alabama. But this guy, Mr. Culverhouse, is not happy about the Alabama giving the money back. Nearly $27 million. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. More news from the Yellowhammer State and more news from Alabama Governor Kay Ivey. She's now signed into law legislation that would require certain sex offenders to be chemically castrated before their parole. And her press office said earlier this week that she had signed the bill, which is to take effect later this year. And the measure applies to sex offenders convicted of certain crimes involving children younger than 13. Chemical castration involves injection of medication that blocks testosterone production. Under the measure, certain offenders must receive the medication before they are paroled from prison. A judge would decide when the medication could be stopped. But the governor, again, who put into law with a signature the whole abortion, I guess, limitations in Alabama now out for a chemical castration law that's gone into effect in the heart of Dixie. A pastor has told the Southern Baptist Conference, which is meeting in Birmingham this week, that he's been under increased security. He's got an increased security risk after he recently prayed with President Donald Trump at a Northern Virginia megachurch. And the former leader of the SBC's International Mission Board, and that would be Pastor David Platt, he told thousands of fellow pastors gathered at this conference in Birmingham this week, uh, annual meeting of the Southern Baptist Convention, that he knew some would be delighted and others disheartened by the prayer. He somehow managed to be labeled in Washington both a far right-wing conservative and a far left-wing liberal in less than 24 hours he told his fellow pastors, that's not easy to do. And he explained that he was called backstage right before serving communion and was told that President Trump was on his way to the church. And with his mind racing, he immediately went back to the Bible verse 1 Timothy 2, 2, which calls for prayer for leaders. And remember, President Trump went into Virginia after that recent awful shooting in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And that's where the pastor and the president pray together. But again, he's out telling his fellow Southern Baptist preachers that he was under increased security risk after praying with President Donald Trump. Isn't that, isn't that pathetic that you have to put up with all that? All right, here's an update. We're giving you lots of updates here on this Wednesday. It's about time for most of you, if you haven't headed already, to 30A, a very popular vacation spot along the Emerald Coast of Florida this time of year. And in Grayton Beach, you have the Red Bar, a place that a lot of you have gone to, cash only. Kind of a weird deal there, but if you remember back in the headlines, the Red Bar is it was destroyed by a fire several months ago, and the owner of the Red Bar said that the Grayton Restaurant and Bar will reopen in October, roughly eight months after it was destroyed by a fire. Oliver Pettit, he has released construction permits, and he's been issued a goal of opening in the fall, construction will be guided by the existing blueprints, which the man said he obtained well before the fire and the event the building was ever damaged by a hurricane. 
But the red bar, again, it first opened way back in 1995 in a building that dates back to 1939, but it was damaged by fire on the morning of February 13th. The building deemed a total loss after sustaining heavy damage, but it looks like, again, it's going to open up in October, so you'll miss it this summer. But maybe when you go back in summer of 2020, along 30A to Grayton Beach, you'll go back and see the new improved red bar there in the panhandle of Florida. And that would be a welcome sign. And again, a lot of you are going back for the first time since the hurricane of the fall that hit the Gulf Coast of Florida. Hopefully you'll see many of those places that have been open, historically open. I know they got hit hard. Hurricane Michael was rough. Maybe they'll be back up and going, if not soon, before the end of the summer. All right, here's a little music info coming up as you make your plans beyond the summer. In October, in Austin, Texas, you have the Austin City Limits Fest going on in the capital of the state of Texas. And if you go to this 18th annual world-renowned music festival at Zilker Park, it's going to happen over the course of two weekends, October 4th through the 6th and October 11th through the 13th. Fridays of both Weekend 1 and Weekend 2 are going to be headlined by Guns N' Roses. Also, the Tours. This will be Guns N' Roses' first performance in Austin since way back in 1993 and their first ever ACL Fest performances. You'll also have performance by some other artists you might have heard of, like Tyler Childers, Jenny Lewis, and more. And also, you'll have Childish Gambino appearing at the Austin City Limits Festival. Also, you've got Gary Clark Jr., James Blake, 21 Savage, and Mexican pop superstar Natalia Lefarcade, I think is how you pronounce that. A lot of people going to Austin City Limits Music Fest, and you'll be able to see that come October. You go to to go to their website to to get the entire list of performers something you can make plans to go to weird austin come the fall and finally as we wrap up our headlines a man in the sunshine state has been caught with cocaine on his nose no surprise there that's not that's not too shocking that you'd have that in florida or anywhere else these days but here's what's shocking this man insisted that the cocaine on his nose they were not his <laughs> And Fabrico Jimenez, 20 years old, arrested after being pulled over by the Hillsborough County Sheriff's deputies. And he said that the cocaine on his nose was not his. Well, who the heck were they? The passenger in the vehicle had a white powdery substance on his nose, the deputy wrote, believed to be cocaine. His nose was swabbed and a test confirmed the powder was, in fact, cocaine. And the 20-year-old arrested without incident but tried to telling authorities the cocaine wasn't his the deputies also found a backpack in the car with 250 grams of marijuana and 13 Xanax pills. I wonder whose those were. Oh, gosh, the excuses some of these knuckleheads come up with in today's world. I think they're yours, Sonny. And you'll have plenty of time to think about it when you're behind bars there in Hillsborough County. That's a look at the headlines here as we start out this Wednesday edition of the Y'all Show. When we come back, our friend Jonathan Leifite of 24-7 Sports, CBS Sports Digital. He's standing by. He's got info on the Louisville Cardinals and the Florida State Seminoles heading to Omaha for the College World Series. Plus, he's got plenty of info on ACC football. That's all heading your way after the break on the ACC Report. You don't want to miss it. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. 
What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry crack skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalpage. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applied. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. It's the ACC report of the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent here on this Hump Day edition. Jonathan Lifeheit of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital back on with us. And Jonathan right there where the folks in Tallahassee are quite happy. They're going back to the College World Series as Mike Martin's team returns to Omaha. They are not the only ACC team participating in the College World Series. As we start off our college sports spotlight of the ACC, Mr. Lifeite, how about the Knowles and friends heading to Omaha? Yeah, they uh, kind of came out of the out of the out of left field as a three seed. <laughs> uh, went up to Athens and did all us Georgia Tech fans a favor. And then, uh, and then uh, headed to Baton Rouge and took uh, took two straight from the Tigers. So, um, pretty good idea. I believe this is Mike Martin's last season. So, really nice swan song for him um, in terms of uh, you know kind of wrapping his season up. So, heading to Omaha is a good way to go out. Yeah, and they did it in convincing form in Alex Box Stadium. Took both games. The second game actually went to twelve innings before the. Knowles had, I think, a walk-off there at Alex Box to get the win over the home-standing LSU Tigers, winning 5-4, to four, and that was played on Sunday. So they didn't have to have that nail-biting third game. Of course, that nail-biting third game ended up biting a few people, including the North Carolina Tar Heels. They were not able to get to Omaha. They fell to Auburn on Monday in convincing form, 14-7, to seven, one TD better than the Heels were the Plainsmen. But they go to Omaha. Then for the rest of the ACC, you have the Louisville Cardinals, as Louisville punched his ticket early. In fact, they were the first team, Jonathan, to go to Omaha after they took care of East Carolina in two straight games. 
Yeah, they not not only did they take them in two straight games, they beat the snot out of them in two straight games. They yeah. won fourteen to one on Friday, and then followed that up with a twelve to nothing victory on Saturday. So uh, I believe that's twenty six to one aggregate. That's a pretty uh, convincing uh, deal right there. Yeah, but the re- the news not so good for another ACC team as Duke which had a great run. They surprised people also with their postseason effort, but they went to Vanderbilt. They got the first win, which was a great deal. But, Jonathan, I don't know if you kept up with game two, but a guy who's familiar to a lot of college football fans, Kumar Rocker, the son of Tracy Rocker, which probably has spent some time on the assistant ranks of the ACC. He's been an assistant rank in the SEC a long time on football side, and he actually was a great college football player at Auburn. His son, Kumar Rocker, is a Vanderbilt pitcher, and he pitched a no-hitter in the Saturday game, which got Vanderbilt back in the series with Duke tied at one apiece, and then Vandy came back on Sunday and got the deciding third game to go to Omaha. Yeah, that was a very impressive performance, uh uh, by Rocker, he did a fantastic job uh, against the uh, against the Blue Devils. Uh, really, re- really impressive. Anytime, yeah, no hitters are impressive, but when you do it in the postseason against teams that are generally pretty hot, yeah, you know you're having a great day. Yeah. So the eight teams that are NCAA College World Series bound, you got two from the ACC in Louisville and also Florida State. Then you got four SEC teams. You've got a what's a Big 12 team and Texas Tech, and then there's one more out there, uh, Michigan, of the Big Ten of all teams. Michigan goes out to UCLA and emerges victorious. So the SEC with four, ACC with two, then Big 12, Big Ten. Jonathan, Not, can- surprise, not surprising seeing the Southeastern Conferences, of ACC and SEC, dominate. Yeah, sure. Any early projections for the ACC out in Omaha this coming couple of days? Uh, not yet. I haven't really had a chance to look at the, uh, at the bracket and how they have that set up. Okay. Well, remember Dan McDonald, he's had his team there for several opportunities, still haven't pulled a national championship title in and the Florida state Seminoles. I know they haven't been out there in quite some time. Remember I said this earlier on the y'all show in the week, Mike Martin, he almost got fired after last season. His team was one of the best teams in all of college baseball in 2018. They hosted a regional in Tallahassee. They went 0-2. They got beat by Samford, not Stanford, Samford Bulldogs out of, what is that, uh, Gardendale or home, oh, yeah, Homewood, a, Homewood, 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 Alabama. Suburb, basically a suburb of Birmingham. Yeah, but I wanted to make sure I got it right. So I, my apologies <laughs> to Gardendale. It's Homewood is where Sanford is located in the Magic City. And they lost to them, and then they lost to the Mississippi State Bulldogs, which ended up going on to Omaha and had a great run last year. But FSU 0-2, and then they totally reversed the script here in Mike Martin's swan song and now going to Omaha. What a really feel-good story for the Knowles as they're back there. And Dan McDonald's going to have familiar company as his old college roommate, not only teammate, but actual roommate at the Citadel, which went to the 1990 College World Series and lost two games to LSU. But Dan McDonald and his old roommate Chris Lamonis are both there as Lamonis is the coach of the Mississippi State Bulldogs, which are back in Omaha. So an intriguing storyline heading into the College World Series 
this weekend. And again, the ACC with two of the eight teams participating. Jonathan, a little ACC, ACC slash SEC basketball news as Seventh Woods. I have no idea if that's the name on his birth certificate, but that's what he goes <laughs> by. Seventh Woods, who grew up in the Columbia, South Carolina area. He is transferring from UNC to USC, USC on the Congaree, that is, as he's going to be a Gamecock back in his hometown as he left North Carolina in late April, and he's given his home state flagship university a chance to play a little basketball after he sits out a little while. Seventh Woods, any thoughts on his play, and is he going to be missed in Chapel Hill? Uh, Probably not missed at all. He, uh, He averaged a grand total of two and a half points and 2.1 assists in his 34 games as a junior. So, um, not a whole lot of, not a whole lot of stuff going on there. Um, he started exactly one game. So <laughs> I think this is a case of, uh, um, you know, he was a, a, a big time YouTube sensation with some of his, uh, viral videos and whatnot that, uh, generated a lot of, a lot of, uh, views when he was younger. So, uh, really a guy just hadn't panned out. Not sure if it's a, a case of, you know, too much talent around and not allow him to get off the bench or if he just uh, kind of hit a peak early and, and, and hasn't developed since. So, but he'll get, uh, he'll get another chance at, uh, at uh, South Carolina. He'll have to sit out a year and then get a chance to play there for the, for the Gamecocks, but he's got one year left. Well, again, Seth Woods is another of the great, well, I won't call him great. He may, he may be great South Carolina natives that play basketball. And why do I bring that up? Well, there was a guy named Ja Morant who's from Sumter, South Carolina, that for whatever reason ended up playing basketball at Murray State. He's projected to be the number two pick in the upcoming NBA draft going to the Memphis Grizzlies. And, oh, by the way, there's another kid out of the Palmetto State that's done pretty well in basketball, guy named Zion Williamson, who played at Duke and expected to be the number one pick of the New Orleans Pelicans here when the NBA draft is held. So South Carolina's really doing well. I don't know if Seventh Woods would be quite in that level. We will find out. But, Jonathan, I do have to ask you about Williamson. As a guy who's followed the ACC for decades, of course, some people say he hasn't. we haven't seen the kind of excitement generated by a guy like Williamson since Michael Jordan was a player. Would you agree with that statement? And would you say that Williamson's right there alongside MJ for the potential he's going to bring to the NBA? Well, I mean, if you go back and look at some of the players they've had, you know, certainly, uh, certainly Michael Jordan was a, was a, you know, pretty, uh, pretty phenomenal player. But, but even back then, I don't think anybody realized, you know, coming out of college, um, there, there's an old joke that says, uh, who are the, who, who, who can hold Michael Jordan to under 20 points a game? And the answer to that is Dean Smith. Uh, so, uh, he used to be able to do that to, with them. So, in terms of hype, I mean, if I go back and think about different players and whatnot, Len Bias probably uh, was one player that comes to mind. Um, in a, let's see, Christian Leitner. Everybody loves Christian Leitner. He's another one that had uh, had a lot of promise that didn't pan out. Um, and kind of going back, I, I, there's been a few others that have had had a lot of uh, kind of uh, acclaim and whatnot. But uh, Williamson is certainly right up there. Uh, you know, right up there with those guys. Well, it's funny. If you go back to 1982, I think was the year that North Carolina won the national championship. Jordan was, was he a freshman or sophomore? He was a freshman. Okay. And even I think the year that he might have stuck around after that, he wasn't really the number one player on the team, right? 
No, he wasn't. And, uh, you know, the, the championship team, James Worthy was, you know, really kind of a, a bigger name. And I think there were, I'm trying to remember some of the other, there's so many stars on that team. Brad Daugherty, Daugherty on that team? Uh, Daugherty might've been a freshman on that team. I believe okay. he was. And then the guy that ended up being the head coach at UNC that wasn't very good at, at head coaching, at least was a part of that team, right? Uh, you're talking about Matt Doherty? Yeah. No, I believe Doherty was a little bit later. Than okay, that. all right, all right. All right, I've got their I've got the roster here up in front of me. Okay, but yeah, yeah, Sam Perkins, Sam, Sam Perkins, he was the the big star, and I apologize, Matt Doherty was on that team, in fact. So uh, he's uh, he was on that. Uh, another name that you might be familiar with, Buzz Peterson. He's mm-hmm. made his name as a head coach. Um, so those are the band. James Worthy, Michael Jordan. Sam Perkins, all three of those guys, uh, you know, played pretty good long time in the in, in the NBA. Perkins ended up, I think, having a uh, you know pretty decent career, but nothing like uh, Worthy and uh, Jordan had. Apologies to all the Heels fans out there who are like, how do these guys not know this? Well, you have to forgive me at least. It's been twenty seven years, so I, I do <laughs> remember least. vaguely. Now, thirty seven years, John. I'm sorry, that shows how old I am. It's been thirty seven years, yeah. Now, Jonathan, I was captivated as a kid, not by the 1982 UNC team. I was captivated by the 1983 NC State Wolfpack team. As my father graduated from NC State, I kind of kept up with them. And I'll never forget the great shot there in Albuquerque that sent Jim Valvano running around like a chicken with his head cut off and the Wolfpack emerged as national champs. Now, that was truly a Cinderella story. Yeah, it was. And that, that uh, I mean, you Seeing that play, uh, I believe it was Derek Wittenberg that had threw up the shot, and Lorenzo Charles, I believe, was the one that caught it yeah. and uh, slammed it home to give them the victory. And uh, that was a you know pretty darn good team uh, that they had there. That, that was that's a classic example of a team that peaked at the right moment yeah. because they were on the bubble going into the tournament. Uh, you know, in, into the NCAA tournament it wasn't even that clear that they were going to make it. Um, and matter of fact, I'm not sure that they would have. Uh, had they not gone in and won the won the national championship, I mean, excuse me, won the, the ACC, ACC champions, yeah. beating uh, won the what ACC. everybody expected to be, not North Carolina, but UVA was the dominant team with Ralph Sampson. Yep, they beat the uh, they beat the, but they did beat North Carolina in the semifinals. They yeah. were so North Carolina was ranked number five, and then they beat Virginia, who was ranked number two, mm-hmm. uh, going in there. So Thurl Bailey, Sidney Lowe, Derek Wittenberg, Lawrence. Charles and, and Cozell McQueen, Lorenzo, excuse me, Lorenzo Charles and Cozell McQueen were all all players on that team. Oh, yeah. I still remember. I still remember watching the game, and in Eastern time, it was probably midnight when it ended, and I went upstairs to wake my dad up to tell him, and he absolutely could have cared less. So, <laughs> But I had my little Wolfpack painter's hat. And for whatever reason, in the early 1980s, painter's hats, if you know what I'm talking about, Jonathan. I do. They were kind of a phenom, and – and that was the thing I ended up having was a NC State National Championship painter's hat. The only national championship hat I've ever actually put on my head, believe it or not, because all of my other teams are all losers for the most part since 1983. <laughs> I should have got that 1990 Georgia Tech National Championship. I, I have a, definitely worn the hat of, of such a And you should champion. wear it often, and that's great. In fact, you need to get a new one. But unfortunately, Jeff Collins hasn't delivered one quite yet. But maybe that's coming, Jonathan. Hey, spe- maybe. speaking of football, Jonathan, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about ACC football coaches. We're going to talk about a blast from the SEC past 
in Terry Bowden, and more football news. In fact, I'm going to get Jonathan's analysis on recruiting as some information is coming our way from his website, 24-7 Sports. That's all coming up as we wrap up our ACC Spotlight. Don't you go anywhere. Whoa, Nelly. When you feel heartburn up in your throat, you'll do anything for fast relief. You might chug milk directly from the source. Okay, girl, easy. You might slurp down an entire slushie in a single breath. Oh, that didn't help. Don't try just anything. Try new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers, the only antacid that melts to leave a cooling sensation while it starts working as fast as now to relieve heartburn. Oh, that's better. Soothe the burn with new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers. Use as directed. As we watch the suburban garden gnome carefully, carefully without disturbing it, we notice that it moves like not at all. It's inanimate and utterly without brain function. But despite that, when a garden gnome hears about how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, it's clear to them you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. But on second thoughts, maybe don't watch garden gnomes too carefully. People might talk. This Father's Day weekend, switch to Sprint and we'll cover your switching fees up to $650 per line with a prepaid MasterCard. That's right. We'll cover your switching fees up to $650 per line. It's our way of giving you a clean slate so you can make the switch to Sprint. For a limited time, you can also pick up an iPad for Dad on Us when you lease a new iPhone. It's an unrivaled pair. Celebrate Father's Day by getting Dad a special gift from Sprint. Stop by your local Sprint store during Sizzling Sprint Weekend, June 14th, 15th, and 16th to learn more. That's June 14th, 15th, and 16th at Sprint. Less required phone trading credit provided after online registration and new phone activation amount based on early termination fee charge or remaining balance due to car terms, conditions, and exclusions. Apply member FDIC iPad 6th generation 32 gigabytes, $0 per month after 1970 monthly credit for 24 months credit. Apply within two bills. Requires new line on qualifying plan if you cancel early. Remaining balance due, tax due at sale. back it is the wrap-up of the first hour of the y'all show alongside jonathan lifeite of 24 7 sports and cbs sports digital i'm john raw good to have you back here as we continue our acc talk discussion gossip and more jonathan we started out the first segment of our acc spotlight talking a little florida state this time we're going to start out talking about fsu as well as some other coaches of the football ranks, at least. But I'm not talking about FSU necessarily in a positive way, as the story is out, and it is about the ACC coaches on the hot seat. And would you know that the FSU skipper, Willie Taggart, is feeling some heat, entering only his second season at Doak Campbell Stadium? Yep, and uh, not surprising that uh, folks feel that way. Um, Florida State had a 36 consecutive years with a bowl game uh, prior to last season. Willie Taggart has the dubious honor of being the coach that uh, uh, is uh, uh, 
over that team when that when that streak is broken. So a lot of folks not real happy and certainly not happy with the way things looked, particularly their offensive line and quarterback play was just abysmal last year. Um, and so that put him uh, really squarely on the hot seat just after one year. Uh, he's going to have to come back and, and see some pretty good improvement uh, from that team in order for him to, to kind of avoid that hot seat. If the Knowles have a losing season this year, is it possible that someone in the administration at FSU is going to pull the trigger and get rid of him? I, I think it is possible. They go, they go uh, another losing season, and then uh, uh, I think he'll probably deserve it. There's given, given how easy it is to recruit to that school, given how easy it is to get kids into that school. There is no limits on the on the types of players that they can recruit. And they've always done a really good job. And they, there's certainly talent there. Um, there is no excuse for them to be to have a, a losing season whatsoever. Well, according to this story out on NBCSports.com, Jonathan, it looks like that Taggart is the only coach feeling a lot of heat. And they've got another guy that I have to question you about. they got Steve Adazio of Boston College on this list, too. I thought BC had a an okay year in 2018. Um, you know, he's done okay throughout his career. He's never won more than seven games, but by the same token, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's also not finished with a, with, uh, a winning record in league play. So, uh, you know, from that standpoint, he's just been kind of mediocre and mediocre will do fine when, when, you know, maybe your predecessor was awful, uh, which he was. Um, but mediocre over the long term, what you'll find is, is is the fans slowly get disgruntled with it. And he's been there for a number of years, and uh, um, they gave him just a kind of a two year extension on his on his on his latest uh, contract. But uh, right now, guess what? He's thirty eight and thirty eight overall. And while that job isn't easy, I think uh, probably some folks are starting to get a little bit restless in uh, up there in uh, Chestnut Hill. Well, Jonathan, you're very prophetic. You said he was mediocre, and I would say 38 and 38 is kind of mediocre. Yeah, it's it's pretty much the definition of mediocre right there. <laughs> All right, well, there's a couple of new faces. We won't give them too much print here on today's y'all show ACC report because they haven't proven themselves quite yet that would be Mac Brown Jeff Collins Scott Satterfield and Diaz of Miami Diaz of the Canes Satterfield with the Louisville Cardinals Jeff Collins of the Ramblin' Wreck of Georgia Tech and Mac Brown back in a familiar setting coaching the North Carolina Tar Heels now this article says that Pat, Mar- Pat Nardizzi at Pitt seems to be on solid ground would you agree with that yeah, I'd say he is. Um, I think, you know, there's some, they're a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team. They play really well at times, but then they'll, they'll absolutely just keel over and die and look horrible at times. And I think there's a little bit of frustration there, but by and large, folks are, are mostly happy up there in Pittsburgh with the direction of the Panther program. All right. All right. They could, uh, they're due for another upset of Clemson here any day now. Now, according to this article, safe and secure category for the ACC football coaches, Virginia Tech's Justin Fuente, NC State's Dave Doran, the pack had a very good 2018. Dave Claus and his team did very well in 2018. And then, of course, Virginia really did good on the football field in addition to the basketball court, Bronco Mendenhall keeping things going. David Cutcliffe gets a very big thumbs up from this website. Would you say that he improved his lot with Duke in 2018? Uh, I would say so. Particularly, uh, uh, he's continued to to recruit, you know, reasonably well at Duke and done a good job. So, 
uh, all in all, I think, you know, they've, they've, they've gone to heights that they haven't gone with under any other coach, uh, I guess, since Spurrier. And before that, it would have been, gosh, way back in the 60s, maybe under Wallace Wade. Even. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they've had – he's basically the second coach that's done anything there at all uh, in the last probably 50, 60 years. So um, they're going to be – he's definitely safe and secure. I think the one I probably do take issue with is Justin Fuente, given his – his six and seven campaign uh, this past year, I'm not sure that he is uh, 100% in the safe and secure. I would probably say he's okay, but if he has another campaign like he did this year, he's going to be feeling the heat. Well, here's a guy who did big things with the University of Memphis, Go Tigers Go. I don't think he's done quite as good at Virginia Tech, although he's done okay. He hasn't really, he had Memphis right on the cusp of greatness. And I don't think he's done that at Virginia Tech quite yet. Of course, when you've got Clemson in the same conference, that's maybe a little bit of a problem, but they're not in the same division. Yeah, they're not. And, and he's certainly, he's been in the, the coastal division has been very much there for the taking and he hasn't been able to do that. Uh, but I think one, he got there once, um, and then Pitt, you know, snuck in on a, the second season. So, or another season. So mm-hmm. he's done okay, done okay. Um, two top 25 rankings and nine plus wins of two prior seasons, but last year's six and seven season. And then if you couple that with the amount of defections they had in terms of transfers, uh, during the off season, plus his recruiting hasn't exactly burned things up. I think there's a little bit of concern in the, in the Hokie fan base. Um, but, uh, he's still got time to kind of, you know, turn that around. If he has a decent season in 2019, he'll probably leave some of that heat. If he doesn't, then that heat's going to get turned up pretty good. Again, Syracuse coach Dino Baber seems to be in good shape unless he decides to take off to greener pastures here in the near future. And then a guy who's not going anywhere, it appears, Dabo Sweeney of Clemson with that $93 million contract stretched over 10 years, all things good in SO country. Jonathan, hey, here's a blast from the past from college coaching, but not necessarily an ACC as Terry Bowden not Tommy, not the former coach at Clemson, and not Bobby, his daddy, but Terry Bowden, who, of course, used to coach those Sanford Bulldogs, and then he went on to coach the Auburn Tigers and finally the Akron Zips. And this former coach is going to assist Clemson's football staff as an unpaid intern while he pursues a graduate degree at Clemson University. Oh, by the way, he is 63 years young enrolled in the graduate program for athletic leadership at Clemson. Do you think they have anything at uh, athletic leadership to teach at Clemson? Uh, they might know a few things about uh, athletic leadership, given how they've been uh, working it uh, lately. Yeah, it all stems from their athletic director, which I'm just kidding with you about there. <laughs> you know what a big fan I am of him, yeah. don't you? Yeah, former AD at Georgia Tech before he took off to the hills of Pickens County. But Terry Bowden, yeah. There at Clemson, unpaid intern, 63 years old. And I remember just last year watching his Akron team actually defeat Northwestern. I'm pretty sure I saw that early in the college football season. I believe you did. So I didn't even know he wasn't coaching anymore, but evidently he's decided to step away from it. He didn't step away. He was asked to step away. Okay, okay. Even if you beat the Northwestern Wildcats, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, his record was not exactly stellar. Uh, okay, well, come on. It's we, we talked about Adazio being mediocre. He wasn't quite mediocre. It's the Mac, for goodness sake. Come on. 
All right, here's some more Clemson news. Maryland's going to be adding Shaq Smith, a graduate transfer from Clemson, who appeared in every game last season for the national champions. Now, he's a Baltimore native, and he's eligible to play immediately for the Terps. The name Shaq Smith, is that going to be something that Clemson fans are saying, oh, I don't think we're going to win a single game this year without Mr. Smith? I think it would take about about 10 Shaq Smiths off that Clemson team before they even begin to notice the loss because of the amount of talent they're stacking up up there right now. All right. Okay. So you're saying no shocking news for Clemson fans here on today's. Well, no, no big, no, they're not going to view it as much of a loss. They'll just, they'll replace them and move on. All right. More recruiting slash information for ACC football to pass along. The Miami Hurricanes have added a recruit as a 300 ESPN 300 offensive tackle. Jalen Rivers has committed to the Canes. He's the number 32nd ranked recruit overall, and he picked the Canes over the Alabama Crimson Tide, Georgia, Florida, and FSU. Jonathan, a pickup there for the Canes. Yeah, they're they're doing quite well uh, um, overall, and uh, I believe I believe he's the first ESPN 300 lineman that commit to that class. But they do have some other. Uh, other players as well that are in that in that category so doing quite well yeah and speaking of that echoing that with you mr live fight of 24 7 sports miami is number four in the latest 24 7 sports football recruiting for the 2020 class clemson is number one lsu coach o, yo 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 he's number two roll tide comes in at number three and miami is number four Pretty impressive to see two ACC teams, one atop and one right there at number four amongst the best in college football recruiting. Yeah, it's really interesting. If you kind of look at the current stack up, though, one, two, and three are head and shoulders above everybody. There's a big drop-off down to Miami, and then there's a whole group of them kind of in there all the way down to about uh, about nine or ten. Yeah, FSU checks in at number nine in the latest 24-7 Football recruiting rankings for 2020. North Carolina, Mac Brown's got 15 commits. They are number 11. And Georgia Tech, what's the word? What's the good word? Uh, the good word's to hell with Georgia. Yeah. And they're at number 17 yes, right now. Yes, they are. NC State's at number 19. Wake comes in at number 22. And uh, we'll leave it with that. But still, a very good effort by ACC teams out there on the recruiting trail, working hard on the 2020 class. And you don't have to have 2020 vision to learn all about the ACC. All you got to do is listen to the Y'all Show each week when we have Jonathan Lifite on, and he clearly lays out what's going on with the conference. And, of course, if that's not enough for you, and it probably isn't, we encourage you to go to CBS Sports Digital and 24-7 Sports and find the work of Jonathan and all his peers at ACC member institutions, and they'll have all the good, juicy ACC scoop for you. If you're a lover of any of the ACC teams, great. And if you're a hater, and Jonathan, who in the world would be a hater of the ACC? Uh, Non-ACC fans. Okay. Well, if you're a hater, if you want to go down negative train land, well, then you can also log on and check out all the great writing, making it so easy for you. And Jonathan, you make it so easy for us. Thank you, sir. And anything else, ACC, you need to get off your chest? Uh, you know, uh, not really, but we're we're counting down just over a month to the, the ACC media kickoff in uh, being held up in Charlotte. Yeah, that's right at a month. You're you're absolutely correct on that. And if that means that's a month away, we're just about two months away from Miami and the Florida Gators getting together in Orlando that third weekend 
of August. Football season is fast, fast approaching. Jonathan, we can't wait for you to fast approach us next week. But until that time, we got to find a way to get through the rest of the week. All righty. Well, thank you much. Have a good week. Jonathan Leifite of 24-7 Sports, CBS Sports Digital. Well, that will conclude Hour 1 of today's Y'all Show. Hang on. When we come back in Hour 2, Precious Harris is standing by with a complete recap of the 2019 CMA Fest in Nashville. Who were all the big stars there? What all went down? She'll have the scoop. Plus, we'll have so much more fun. Hashtag Hullabaloo and more. All that coming up after the break as we continue on with more of today's Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a Southern accent. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Smear a bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Merry Christmas in June. Yeah, welcome. It's y'all. I've got a reason why I'm telling you that that I'll get to in just a second as we begin the second hour of the Wednesday Y'all Show coming up in just a few minutes. Hey, it is the most wonderful time if you're a fan of country music because they've just had CMA Fest in Nashville. And of course, Nashville, a very lovely spot to go to year round. But especially when if you're coming from the north, you don't have to deal with ice and snow nashville a good place and hey it's not that hot in middle tennessee compared to what we've seen in other portions of the south so head on to nashville whichever direction you're going to be coming from you should have a great time but precious is going to recap the cma fest which just shut down over the weekend a lot of actual rain and some thunderstorms got in the way in middle tennessee this past weekend she'll have info on that but also she went to a number one party this week that she'll report on and she also has news on keith urban and more all that coming up with precious in our country music spotlight headed your way later this hour our number here on the y'all show is 803-816-1170 you can call you can text we appreciate anything you might want to share with us if you have a question or comment we welcome that again 803-816-1170 
1170. Here on the show, a couple times a week, we dive into the social media stratosphere. We go to Twitter, we go to Instagram, we go to Facebook, we find all kinds of goodies. And we start out right now with something from, I would call it our rival. Everybody needs a rival, right? Whether it's in sports or maybe in the academic world, when you were in school, you wanted to outdo your guy or gal across the aisle from you there in the classroom. Hey, well, here, y'all, we have a rival, and we're the underdog because this rival that is our rival, well, they've been doing this a little longer than us, but I don't think they've been doing it good. They just happen to have a larger reach than we do. We're talking about Southern Living, and Southern Living Magazine's been around a long time, but as I've told people, Southern Living may have the name Southern, but most of the stuff they do has nothing to do exclusively with the South. Essentially, everything they write about could be applicable to any portion of the entire country. They're not really a Southern magazine, and they're not really about people of the South. That's the whole reason yours truly and others founded y'all, what was it, 18 years ago now? It's been a long time, and we had Y'all Magazine, we still have y'all.com, and we have the Y'all Show that we're sharing with you right now. And we're all about the people and culture of the South on this program and all of our work that we do. So take that Southern living. We'll be happy, we'll be happy to go out here and have a duel with you anytime, even though you might have the upper hand. I think we could take you. But Southern living is on Twitter and at Southern dash under or at Southern underscore living is the Twitter account. They've got recipes, decorating ideas, gardening tips, and travel destinations for Southern life all at the Southern Living Twitter account. Now, they put something out there that I did find somewhat interesting, and that's why I'm relaying in here in this hashtag hullabaloo today. As Southern Living put a release out this week on Twitter, Hallmark's first two Christmas movies of 2019 will debut in July. Well, golly, and that's why we said it's the most wonderful time of year. We're getting ready for July. We're almost to the halfway point of Christmas. What is that, June 25th? I mean, that's, what, two weeks away. We'll have the halfway point of the year. So we're getting closer and closer to the Yule Tide, or as I call it, the Y'all Tide. And so we're looking at what Hallmark's first two Christmas movies that will debut in July are going to be as the Movies and Mysteries will premiere Christmas Camp on July 7th. And that'll be at 9 o'clock in the evening. Hallmark Movies and Mysteries Christmas Camp is the name of this. It stars Lily Ann Harrison and Bobby Campo. The film centers on an advertising exec who must bring in a new account in the form of a traditional toy company. To learn more about the holiday and its traditions, this person attends a Christmas camp where they cross paths with the camp's owner's son who teaches the lady about other stuff too, <laughs> like love. Well, gosh, that is a perfect thing to learn at Christmas camp. I had no idea you could get love underneath the stocking. But that movie again, out on Hallmark in just a couple of weeks on July 7th, you can tune in and get in the Christmas spirit with Christmas Camp, starring two actors I've never heard of, Lily Ann Harrison and Bobby Campo. Now, the following week on Hallmark, you can tune in on July 13th, and a movie will debut, A Merry Christmas Match, starling, that stars Ashley Newbro and Kyle Dean Massey. More people I've not heard of. Maybe you are tuned into the Hallmark Channel and you know these actors and actresses quite well. But that will be coming up in a couple of weeks after the other one. July 13th is the debut of A Merry Christmas Match from the Hallmark Channel. 
getting you ready for Christmas already. Remember, when it gets to be Christmas time, the Hallmark Channel loads up with all kind of really awful Christmas movies, some of which may be good, but from what I know, they are laughable. They're the lifetime of bad movies, and they're known for that beyond just Christmas movies. My problem with Hallmark, if you don't mind, I have actually known people who've produced movies and shows for that channel. In fact, a couple years ago, there was an actor that was our character on one of the shows. I think it was called Chesapeake Shores and the showrunner, which in production world means sort of the boss of that particular Hallmark production. The showrunner was a friend of mine. He called me. He said, hey, can I give one of the characters your name on this show? Chesapeake Shores. So there was an actor or character with my name, John Rawl, on this Hallmark series a couple of we- couple of years ago. And you know what? I never saw it. I, ne- I never tuned in. I didn't have the Hallmark channel, and I still don't have it. And I don't think I want it. And I'm sure there's some good stuff on that channel, but I, I think it's more of a chick flick channel, I think. That's me being very chauvinistic, but I, I think I'm right on that. And I, I don't mean to be. I'm just telling you. I think it's, and maybe even women think it's goofy. I don't know. But Hallmark, of course, is a good American company. I think they are sort of based in the Kansas City area, I think. And it's still kind of a family business. The Hallmark greeting card company, that is. And they have the spinoff Hallmark channel. But here's my problem with Hallmark. It's not the fact that they have characters named after me and I don't get any kind of royalties. I'm not mad about that. Maybe you saw Chesapeake Shores. Maybe you remember that character, Jonathan, John, John Rawl on there, who actually was a friend of the main character, but you never really saw him. You may, you may not have seen him at all. They just talked about John, John Rawl, that is. And it was after me. So thank you. But yes, here's my problem with Hallmark. That show, Chesapeake Shores, and almost every show on that channel, you know where they're filmed? Not all, but almost every single show on the Hallmark Channel is filmed in Canada. A, eh? yeah, they're, including that show that was supposed to be set around Maryland and Washington, D.C. Chesapeake Shores was filmed, I think, in British Columbia. Uh, yeah, it was British Columbia. And the only reason I know that is because the guy that was a friend of mine also went and filmed some stuff in Ontario just after that. Spent six and seven months they got some weird rules if you're an american and you're working on one of their productions you can only be up there for a certain amount of time before you have to leave the country and then come back so it might be just for three or four days but they are forced to leave to come back now we may have some crazy rules just to the reverse of that i don't know what our rules are when we have people coming here that are not citizens but i I can tell you that that's what this showrunner did on that particular series and They've worked on a lot of other stuff, but come on, Hallmark Channel. If you're going to be doing shows about the South, if you're going to be doing a lot more of these shows and movies and series, you got to film in the South. Now, to their credit, I think they filmed something around Dahlonega, Georgia, not long ago. They filmed in Georgia, and I think, is it the Hallmark Channel that it's actually filmed something at Graceland, and they have like a Graceland series? So, yeah, that that's a channel that maybe is making inroads a little bit here in Dixie. But for the most part, they still do a lot of stuff and jolly old Canada. And let's, let's try to change that. All right. Let's go to Clay Tippins. Now, when I saw this tweet come across, I thought, that name sounds familiar. At Clay Tippins, a husband, 
a dad, a Navy SEAL, a businessman, a true believer. And then he's got hashtag Clay for Georgia. And the reason this sounds familiar, Clay Tippins is a Georgian who was a 2018 Republican candidate for the governor of Georgia. Brian Kemp ended up winning the Georgia Republican primary and ended up winning the race for governor. So Tippins did not win that. I'm not sure if he's involved with maybe running for something else at this time. But I will tell you that Clay Tippins is running for being a cool guy on the World Wide Web because, hey, he's out here tweeting this week, not about politics, but about Alabama. And I'm not talking about the Crimson Tide. I'm talking about Alabama, the band, as in Randy, Teddy, and Jeff. I'm talking about Dixie Landed Light, Mountain Music. Oh, and all the hits. One of my favorite groups. Many of you love Alabama. Fort Payne's own Alabama. Myrtle Beach's own Alabama. And actually, I got to give props to Alabama. They went back to Myrtle Beach over this past weekend. They had a massive outdoor concert at the town that they kind of got their, they got their teeth cut on the Grand Strand of South Carolina before they hit it big on the country music charts. And so, they still maintain a theater, the Alabama Theater in North Myrtle Beach, but they were back somewhere. I didn't, I didn't actually get the location. A massive crowd watched Alabama. I think that was a Friday that they performed in O'Ree County, South Carolina. But then they packed up and they went toward Macon, Georgia. And that's where Clay Tippins caught up with Randy, Teddy, and Jeff and Alabama. And here's what Clay Tippins, the former candidate for governor in Georgia, put out on Twitter this week. He wrote, Randy Owens talks about his pawpaw. I grew up worshiping mine and remember him talking about the depression and saying things like, we all pick the cotton, but we never got rich. Daddy was a veteran, a Southern Democrat. They ought to get rich man to vote like that. Of course, these are the lyrics to the song, one of the best songs to ever come out of Nashville, called Song of the South, one of the big hits of Alabama. In fact, that album was the first CD, not first album, but the first compact disc that I ever bought. I had bought an 8-track, I had bought a cassette tape, I had bought records, but that album was the first album that had Song of the South on it. 1988-89, right there in that timeline is when that album came out, and it was my first CD. So I have a history of that song, and it's one of the good ones. Clay Tippins, thank you for putting that out on Twitter. Hope you had a good time at the Alabama concert when they were there in your part of central Georgia. And to Alabama's credit, I was just in Fort Payne the other day. They've got that Alabama gift shop there. I didn't stop in, but I should have. But they're touring. They are up and going. They've gotten the bug back, even though they kind of retired years ago. They're, they're, they're doing some good touring, and to their credit, I am proud that they are out there showcasing their incredible discography to all y'all. All right, wrapping up here, let's go to the promised talk about the, the Magnolia State. We found a GIF. This time I found this on Facebook. And here's something funny. I've got this going out to a special someone from the Magnolia State, even though I wish they were from somewhere else. It says, Jackson, Mississippi, there's a 99.9% chance he, she actually 
is from one of the following. So what they're talking about, if someone you meet says, hey, I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. According to what I saw on Facebook, this little fun thing here, there's actually a 99.9% chance, of course, none of this is scientific, can't prove it, but a 99.9% chance if somebody tells you you're from the capital of the sovereign state of Mississippi, that they're actually from one of the following hamlets. Are y'all ready for this list? And shout out to all of these roughly dozen towns in the Jackson, Mississippi area. How about your Flowood? How about your Ridgeland and Madison? Those two towns right beside each other in Madison County, Mississippi. How about your Canton, the county seat of Madison County, Mississippi? Then you got Gluckstadt, just to the north of Jackson, right off of Interstate 55. And then heading to the east, uh, the home of the Mississippi Braves, the double-A franchise for the Atlanta Braves, the Pearl-based Mississippi Braves. Pearl, you're there in the Jackson area, just a heartbeat away from Jackson, but you're not Jackson, you're Pearl. Then you got Brandon and Richland and Florence and, oh, the home of the Choctaws. You got Clinton, Mississippi, home of Mississippi College. Then you have Byram and Bolton. Oh, we don't want to leave out Terry and everybody down on Tank Road in Terry, Mississippi, just to the south of Jackson. And that would be Hines County. And then I think the county seat of Hines County is not Jackson. It's actually Raymond, Mississippi. I think I'm right on that. You know, I would know if I'd ever been arrested in Jackson, they would have sent me to the jail. And I could prove to you that the county seat is not Jackson, the largest city in the state. It's actually Raymond, probably about 20 minutes away, frankly. They're centrally located in Hines County, Mississippi. But yeah, how about that? If somebody tells you from Jackson, no, there's a, there's a, there's a small chance, but chances are, they're from one of those places, and I'm going to rattle them off as we go to break here. Flowood, Ridgeland, Madison, Canton, Gluckstadt, Pearl, Brandon, Richland, Florence, Clinton, Byron, Bolton, Terry, and Raymond, Mississippi. Hello, Jackson, Mississippi. All right. Was Johnny Cash singing about that town that time with his wife, Jim Carter? Was it that town up there in Tennessee, Jackson, Mississippi? Hey, we can have a little duel between the two of you and finally settle that. When we come back on y'all, we're going to have a lot of fun. Speaking of music, we're going to have the Maven of Music Rose standing by. We've got Precious Harris lined up, and she's going to recap CMA Fest 2019 and also what's going on in country music. Hey, we have some John Rich news. Yeah, Big and Rich, he's in the news. He's been hanging out with Precious, and we'll find out what in the world these two have been up to. All that's up next on Y'all Stay With Us. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Four o'clock, all my work is done I could go home early for a little fun They say surprise adds a little spice 
to an ordinary storybook life. I looked down the hall and I saw the end. Shadow on the wall of another man. Tell me who's been sleeping in Papa Bear's bed? Who's been loving my baby instead of me? I can't see. We're at the halftime mark of the week, and we are rolling out the marching band big time because we've got the Maven of Music Road joining us here, Precious Harris. Welcome back. It's y'all, and now it's time to go to Nashville and go right to Music Row and find out what's going on and how Nashville survived the 2019 CMA Fest. And to do that, we welcome in Precious, the author of I Know Country, with 366 daily country music questions and answers. You can buy and instantly download your ebook copy of I Know Country at iknowcountry.com. And when Precious isn't writing hit books, she's also working as a music career development consultant with an emphasis on new and aspiring artists and songwriters. You can follow Precious Harris's blog at NashvilleMusicLine.com. But you don't have to follow her anywhere right now. All you got to do is sit back, relax, get you a big old sweet tea, and enjoy the Maven of Music Row, Precious Harris. Hello, Precious. Hope you survived CMA Fest. I did. Bronchitis and all. <laughs> you got to be kidding. You had bronchitis during the middle of fanfare? I actually had bronchitis that turned into walking pneumonia. So that's why I'm talking like a baritone. Why are you talking to us? Why are you not in some kind of hospital? Well, because I don't want to go to the hospital because there's more germs in the hospital than at my house. So <laughs> I'm actually chilling the chill pill, so to speak. I see. Well, but, you know, I know there were a couple, maybe 100,000 or more fans that made their way to Nashville for last week's fanfare, a.k.a. CMA music fest and precious how did things go did the weather cooperate and did all the artists cooperate well some of the artists their shows had to get canceled and and some of them were got to reschedule on other stages and slots but it was it was a big mess because it wasn't just downpours it was major flash flooding and light and they had to shut down the stadium sunday afternoon for a little bit because it was just too dangerous with all the with all the you know with all the rain and stuff but a couple of my friends got to go Sunday. I didn't get to go. They said they've got to see some really great shows. They, uh, We were all at different shows, but I think they caught Marshall Tucker over the weekend. And then, of course, Bill Ray Cyrus and Keith Urban were jamming together. And I can't remember exactly who the other rap artist was that joined them on stage, but it was, it was pretty cool. Hmm. But I think they had 485 acts, something like that, they were expecting. But I think they might have had more. And then they were expecting of estimating 130,000 people in Nashville. Hmm. Now, Precious, you mentioned the weather coming in on Sunday. That canceled the entire Nissan Stadium concert. Is that what happened? No, no. It still went on. They had to, they had to stop for a little bit till it got cleared off. Okay. It happened right before the Nissan started. Okay. But I'm saying, yeah, it started right before that. So, so they're uh, not having a refund a bunch of money to all the people who had intended to see these big name acts there at Nissan Stadium. Right. No, they didn't have to refund any money, thank God. The weather was just enough to put a downer on things during the day. And it wasn't really bad of weather until Sunday night. That's when the lighting is mainly just rain showers during the week. You know what I mean? Right. 
and but then the the bad weather was uh sunday okay the flash flooding and stuff but it held it was decent but you know there's some things you just can't convince and they did stop a couple of the shows just to fyi just to for safety yeah you know well again this was uh, the 48th annual cma fest originally starting out as fanfare now moved downtown and called cma fest four straight days of sold out shows and a complete wrap-up is at cmaworld.com. If we're not covering it enough for you here, Precious was around all over the place starting back early last week. In fact, before I forget, Precious, your thoughts on the CMT award show that happened, I think, Wednesday of last week, kind of kicking CMA Fest off. What what did you think of that? I love just the just the um, eclectness of, there's a word, of the uh, yeah. show. I love, I love Luke. Eclectic? But, eclectic that's it yeah but my husband was actually he's a storyboard for the video yeah. world he actually videoed uh came brown's video that was won the male video of the year and uh then it was also up against carrie underwood i think she got she won it okay she won the video of the year yeah but it was i was pretty excited to see my husband get nominated for it so yeah well we're mm-hmm. good as you yeah he storyboarded good as you <laughs> yeah but it, it, he you, won the mail but he did not win the big carry underwood one and we're very ecleptic about that ecleptic by the way is a word that we are coming up with here on the y'all show it's a combination of being variety like being eclectic and clap as in clapping so we were all of us clapping in honor of your husband mike for his eclectic performance there how about that <laughs> sounds perfect sounds good to me all right but other than your husband and and kane brown and others out there on the thing i know a lot of people tuned in to the cmt awards heading into the start of the fanfare slash cma fest events going on last week did you hear anything about numbers and such did they have the kind of crowd that they anticipated uh they 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 anticipated one hundred and fifty thousand, but i think only one hundred thirty thousand showed up all right that's still that's still not too shy compared to the six hundred. I mean, the four hundred thousand that showed up during the NFL draft they weren't expecting. Yeah, just a slight slight change of, of numbers there. Yes, but it's in the books, and we're excited that you were able to endure it, walking pneumonia and all. <laughs> what a good thing is I couldn't talk very much, which my husband said is a blessing. But at least I can breathe. <laughs> All right. Well, on the heels of CMA Fest, we have had a number one party in Nashville this week. It's Chase Rice, a party for Eyes on You, written by Chase, Christy Stefano, and Ashley Gorley. It's based on a real-life incident that happened to Chase and a female friend in Hawaii. Oh, Lord. Precious, fill us in. Yeah. Well, it's uh, Ashley and Chris, uh, they actually played this song during Ten Pan South. He joined him on stage. Of course, Ashley's the Kentucky boy. And I think this is his 41st number one song as a, as a songwriter. Not bad. Yeah, he's, he's, he surpassed Lennon and McCartney. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, what had happened is chasing a female friend uh, uh, to be remain unknown, mystery. Who's not getting credit that, on this song, by the way. No, she's not, unfortunately. It's like Friends in No Places inspiration. No credit. Um but anyway, but he was uh, he is quoted apparently what he said on stage 
then was every guy wants to look at a girl like that and every girl wants her guy looking at her like that. So it sort of connects to people in terms of what they want in life. And it's probably his biggest song as an artist to date. He's what he told back then. And he knew it was going to number one. I mean, it was at number one when he played it. We just hadn't had a chance to have the party, but the party was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, a music row. Congrats to Chase Rice. Again, a number one for Eyes on You, a song that he helped co-write. And it's his first number one on the U.S. country airplay chart. Now, Precious, as, a, as an artist. Yeah. And now, Precious, you got to help me out. How many darn airplay and charts do we have out there? Because I, I see every week somebody's hit number one, but it's not what I call the, the one and only chart. There's all kinds of derivatives of charts these days. So what, what matters and what doesn't matter? The billboards are important. Spotify, the streaming charts are really important, for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Chase, he, he's already been super successful, which has driven his career as an artist, as a songwriter. So he was a songwriter, the number one song for Cruise, mm-hmm. which is the Billboard's Hot Country single chart. Uh. And the Billboard's Hot 100 chart. The Billboard has the most prestigious charts that everybody relies on. And then it goes down to country air check charts. And then it also goes down to TDX has a chart now, and some of the more respectable outlets have charts. So, um, but yeah, so he's been a number one songwriter for a long time. But for him to finally make it as the number one artist, who also is the second song, it's number one as a co-writer, as a writer. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy. You know, he was on Survivor in Nicaragua. Did you know that? I did not. Fill me in. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that show. Yeah, it's a well, Survivor's been going, I think, 20 something seasons, going on for a long time. Long time. Anyway, but uh, he his first fame as, uh, you know, is just who he is without even being a singer songwriter. He was on an episode of Survivor when they were in Nicaragua for the whole season. It was a little bit rough. But uh, anyway, but yeah, he's, he's a really nice guy. I've met him. I, I actually interviewed him 11 years ago. Yeah, so it's been a while since Aaron beat him. Well, he is from a farm in Asheville, North Carolina, and he yeah. actually attended UNC in Chapel Hill, where he was a linebacker on the North Carolina Tar Heels football team. I had no idea that we had another ACC football guy out there making hit records. In addition to Chase Rice, you got a name that has a last name that rhymes with Rice. It's Lee Bryce, who played for the Clemson Tigers. That's it. Back before they win a national championships, I'm sure you know nothing about winning national championships being a Kentucky Wildcat fan, right? Oh, no. Not nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. I am funny. All right. Well, Chase yeah, Rice, number one, celebrated this week on Music Row for Eyes on You. We've got more country music news coming direct from 16th Avenue, Nashville, Tennessee. As we leave you, we have a question that we pose. On this date back in 2005, You'll Think of Me was the very first single certified platinum for which male artist? The answer's up next as we wrap up this Wednesday, y'all, with our friend Precious Harris. When you feel heartburn up in your throat, you'll do anything for fast relief. You might chug milk directly from the source. Okay, girl. Easy. You might slurp down an entire slushie in a single breath. Oh. 
that didn't help. Don't try just anything. Try new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers, the only antacid that melts to leave a cooling sensation while it starts working as fast as now to relieve heartburn. Ah, oh, that's better. Soothe the burn with new Rolaids Heartburn Soothers. Use as directed. Up early this morning around 4 a.m. With the moon shining bright as headlights on the interstate. I pulled the covers over my head and tried to catch some sleep. But thoughts of us kept keeping me awake. Ever since you found yourself in someone else's arms. We're sweeping up the floor, getting ready to shut off the lights here on this final segment of today's Y'all Show. We've got Precious Harris, and it's our country music spotlight with all things Nashville. And Precious, author of I Know Country, and also she is a music career development consultant. Go to NashvilleMusicLine.com to learn much more about Precious Harris. And Precious, as we went to break, we had a trivia question that we posed And that question was, on this date in 2005, some 14 years ago to the very day, You'll Think of Me was the very first single certified platinum for which male artist? Precious Harris, with your walking pneumonia and all, can you you let us know the answer? Yes, Keith Urban. I'm sorry, I couldn't half hear you. I heard all the phlegm coming out. What did you say? Keith Urban. Go no one more time. Keith, who? Keith Urban. Keith Urban. Keith Urban. Yeah. yeah. Who's somebody like you was also certified gold on the very same day, June twelfth, two thousand five, was a big day for Keith Urban. Urban. Don't tell me he also married Nicole Kidman on that same day. I don't know how the boy could have withstood all that. He married somewhere oh. around that time period. They've been married. Golly, more than a decade now, right? Yeah, they sure have. They've been married a while. As a matter of, yeah, matter of fact, he's, he calls her Nick in the interviews, and he did the song uh, "Blue um, Blue at Your Color," yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, but yeah, they've got they're so cute together. I was watching them. Um, we were at the CMT Awards, and I was sitting pretty close to them, and they were, uh, you know, rubbing, holding hands, rubbing noses, cutest thing. Yeah, it was just amazing. Um, Anyway, but um, I'm I'm very mad at Keith Urban. You know why he stole one of our women, and I don't like that. I know, I know. Because she is an American. Did you know that? Yeah, I know. She's born in Hawaii, I think. Yes, and also uh, something you might not uh, know. Also, at the wedding, at Randy Hauser's wedding, yeah, you know, he married a girl. I want to say she's from um, Australia. But anyway, but on his side of the wedding party included. Florida Georgia Line, and of course, Lee Bryce, Dirk Bentley, and Jared Neiman, Jamie Johnson were all out on his side of the wedding at the party when he married Titiana. Ah, when did that happen? Yeah. I think they were married two years ago, I okay. think. Let me see. Um, I think, no, three. Yeah, it was 2016. Okay. So it's, uh, yeah, it's right before. So they've only been married about three years. Okay. You, may, you made it sound like it just happened the other day, which wouldn't surprise me. Oh, well, actually, uh, they actually had a baby this week. Ah. Yeah. 
So they had their first, like I said, he's been on tour a lot, you know. Uh, so anyway. But you talking about Randy Hauser? Yeah, Randy Hauser. Good old Mississippian, I think. Yes. Anyway, but he's, um, uh, they had a little boy last week, so I'm pretty excited about that. All right. Them. Well, how about the Hauser family growing leaps yeah. and bounds? Hey, here's something else that's also worth noting. The magazine that covers you and everybody else on Music Row, the magazine's called Music Row. It's been named one of America's 11 most endangered historic places for 2019. Or actually, that's, I'm sorry, I'm getting the magazine mixed up with the actual Music Row. So my apologies. It's America's 11 most endangered historic places for 2019. It is the Music Row, and it's been named by the National Trust for Historic Preservation. And Precious, I know you know all too well just how endangered the real Music Row is. Well, it's so dangered. I was in the middle of a conversation day, and I heard dynamite go off, <laughs> which is a daily thing. And when it was right next to us from the building, the Virgin Hotel, because I'm in the Kisses Manager's building, Doc McGee's building. Mm-hmm. And it would, you could literally feel the floor shake when they were going the 40 feet deep for the parking garage. Yeah. And just seeing it be built in a hose dug, I don't think I could park in an underground garage anymore. I mean, I get claustrophobic. It's like really scary. There was to be an earthquake. Somebody would be smushed. Yeah. You know? Well, I've been at your office right there on 17th Avenue on Music Row before when the lights have gone off for a while. And that's a very common occurrence on Music Row. And guess what? The reason the lights are going off is because of dynamite explosions of nearby buildings being built. And that's ridiculous. Yeah, well, they did. um, Apparently, the building beside us sold for $5 million about a month ago. And they, I found out through a friend of mine on the Board of Realtors that the people that bought it put in to build a high rise on the last day before they stopped it. There is now a ban on any permits to build high rises in Nashville until they get the infrastructure fixed hmm. of the roads. Because everybody said, Oh, we're gonna be another hot Atlanta. No, we're not. We don't have Marta. We don't have the train like London Scott. We don't have any of that. The only thing we could do to even try to fix the situation is a quick fix would be able to build a flyover which would cost pay twenty years for it. I mean it would be outrageously expensive unless they want to try to widen the roads would be much cheaper like going south and going north you know yeah and people wouldn't be able to get across but they would have to build a different bridge get across before they blow that up but it would be a pickle to trying to get around to the north for a while just saying yeah well nashville is certainly a wonderful place to live and work and unfortunately for that great little town the capital city of the state of tennessee it is a town that is not a secret anymore. People come to Nashville every day in mass and they want to live there and they want to enjoy all that Nashville offers. And that causes problems. And unfortunately, music row, somebody in there in the past did not do a good job of trying to preserve that particularly historic district of Nashville. And there's still some semblance of what it might have been 20, 30 years ago. But man, you're right. Between the high rises and that god-awful monstrosity of a sculpture there at the circle, the, <laughs> the roundabout. It's awful. I don't know what naked people have to do with Nashville. I don't know why they didn't have instruments coming out from the world. Yeah. Because music makes the world go round. You know what I mean? I, I agree. I don't know who. And putting a water fountain there, name it Felice and Boudreaux Blunt, is not going to help it. Oh, is that what they've done? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't familiar with that. You know, I'm. 
unfortunately when i'm in nashville because maybe i don't work there every day precious i actually have to pay attention to the road when i drive there so i don't get hit and so i don't have time to look around at all the sculptures and water fountains Oh yeah, nobody knows how to use a traffic circle. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious, and they're putting. A, they've got one in Franklin. They still don't know how to use it. I had my very first wreck was in the Franklin traffic circle. A 91 year old man hit me and t-boned me because he said I was going to turn. I'm like, no, I wasn't turning. I'm going to the other road to my home. Why do I want? Why would I want to turn down this street? Yeah, you know. But yeah, they shouldn't let people 97 years old go in a traffic circle. Oh, listen to Precious. Wow. She's, yeah, he was, she might have yeah. walking pneumonia, but you're not holding back. That's not it. No, you're 92 years old. You really don't know, understand what the traffic circle is. Yeah. I had $4,000 worth of damage to my car. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, Nobody well, knows how to use a traffic circle. Well, you might want to contact Chris Young to help you with the damages because he's just <laughs> joined the Billionaires Club as the RCA Records Nashville Artist and Multi-Platinum Entertainer was surprised on stage during his Artist of the Day play at CMA Music Fest last week. He got plaques commemorating his more than 2 billion career streams and 12 million singles sold. Chris Young, Precious, tell me more. Well, I saw him a couple of weeks ago, you know, because he's got his new song out. Mm -hmm. Um, And we was talking about his song coming out was his... 11th number one as an artist and as ninth number one as a songwriter. He's got some major um, going on with Corey Crowder and Josh Hogue. Uh, they were just like, I call them the three musketeers. Yeah, he hit it with uh, two billion streams, career streams. He's had 12 million singles sold, which is not something to laugh at. I'm not laughing. I know. And a single raised on country, uh, it's actually still climbing the charts but it's already surpassed the two billion streams already on that song so he's just getting started Mm. you know i just i really don't understand why he's not been nominated for male artist of the year i mean he might be nominated but he needs to win it he's proven himself many times over that he's here to stay you know yeah well unfortunately for chris i guess he gets lost in the shuffle of the awards at least because of some of these more glittery artists that get a little bit more attention maybe they've got the bro country thing going maybe yeah he's maybe, maybe. he's too nice it could be. yeah could be he's the steve you know. warner he's the steve warner of the modern country artist well dirt fitley's got what 18 number ones and he just finally had his first number one as a duo mm-hmm. with brothers osborne mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know it is what it is but i'm just maybe i'm partial because i knew chris back in the day when he was doing national star yeah you know and uh and i watched him grow up are you proud of your i'm your very boy? proud of him <laughs> yeah as a matter of fact casey musgraves used to do some talent shows and then when i was doing george jones university claire dunn was in one of my classes really so yeah so it's pretty cool to see some of these kids that i used to know go up and become superstars you know what i mean well chris young is a young guy still at 33 years old again he's from murfreesboro grew up right there in middle tennessee and and certainly keeping the hits coming with songs like raised on country and i like the fact that chris young as far as i can tell every one of his song you can check off as a country music song not this other junk that you hear so congratulations to chris on 
all the success there. Now, Precious, another guy who's had a little bit of success is John Rich. And his success comes from not only as a singer, but as a songwriter. He's been on Apprentice with Donald Trump in the past. He's a friend of the president. And he's just an uber-talented guy. And he's also into making Tennessee whiskey with the Granny Rich Reserve as part of his Redneck Riviera. And John Rich is just off and doing more and more stuff. And you and your staff there were able to recently track down John Rich. Tell me more about that. Well, you know, he loves his granny, Granny Rich. It's his dad's mother. But she has been making all of his stage clothes since he's becoming, since he's been performing. So he's super close to that granny. But he came up because he said, he said, you want to, oh, how do you put it? Um, he said, you want to see a, 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 a rattlesnake with blue eyes? <laughs> well, yeah. you, you know why, so don't you? you? You know where that granny's from, don't you? Uh-uh. She's from, is it Scottsboro, Scottsville, Kentucky? Oh, yeah, I knew, I knew his grandmother. Yes, I thought you meant John. You caught me off guard. No, no, no. His mother is from right around Scottsville. Bowling Green, but it's that town to the east and down toward tennessee what is it scott's scottville scottsville 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 yeah okay. I'm, I'm the next county over yeah in emerson county yeah i understand uh, but it's so funny uh he called his uh granny rich he's always she's a pistol let me tell you he said an 87 granny you're an iconic figure there's a lot of people my age and younger that would look up to an 87 year old person and say i would like to be that Still running my own business, calling the shots, drinking a little whiskey and everything, doing things I like to do. Just loving America. You're quite an inspiration. And John added, this is one tough lady. He said, if a rattlesnake had blue eyes, that's Granny Rich. Mm. <laughs> well, I was at the debut of the Granny Rich Reserve, thanks to you and the other folks there in Nashville when that was <laughs> debuted back in March. And his 87-year-old Granny was there in the audience, and I got to see that love firsthand. I mean, he named his bourbon after her, or I guess it's Tennessee whiskey, Granny yeah. Rich Reserve. Now, he also took the time that day to brag on her late husband, John's grandfather. And as we celebrated D-Day last week, John's grandfather was not in Normandy, but he was actually in the Pacific. John Rich's grandfather during World War II, how about this? His grandmother was married to a tunnel rat. The guy literally went in the tunnels and killed Japanese with his bare hands back during World War II. Now that wow. is what you talk about his grandmother being a rattlesnake. I mean, his <laughs> grandfather, that took some kahunas right there. Oh, no kidding. I'd be scared to death. Oh, I, I would be too. But the greatest generation, all of them, did things that we just can't quite fathom in today's world. And and even the civilians. I mean, you had a, a husband who was raised in England, and that was just after World War II. And the men and women alike there were literally on the front lines of the war. And so many were innocently killed by bombs and such. And that's hard to explain. But, man, there's still that... The after effects here in 2019 still goes on. Now, he also has a something going on with his trademark on Redneck Riviera, Riviera as the trademark office and him are going back. What is this all about? Well, he tried to because, you know, they've always teased that South Carolina, where you're from, yeah. down in Myrtle Beach. That was the nickname when I was growing up in Kentucky. Why somebody hasn't already trademarked it is a miracle. But it was called the Redneck Riviera. Mm-hmm. That strand down there at Myrtle Beach during summer vacations were all because it was the, more affordable than some of the more higher end beach, you know, like 
Sanibel Island and, you know, and Key West and all that. Just affordable, easy to get to beaches. Panama City and Myrtle Beach are the two, you know, uh, quick beaches that would, you know, if you could, your family can have a vacation for a little, you know, little, a whole lot less than you could do it anywhere else. But anyway, he went ahead and got the trademark and the office actually came back and they ended up going to court. They said, you can't trademark a geographic area. And John come out with his response, show me a map with Redneck River Era on it. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't find it. So they had to give him the trademark and he won it. Yeah, what a crazy thing, because the trademark office is is a bizarre, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it, part of our government. And trademark law in itself is very bizarre, as I know what? firsthand after many, many thousands of dollars spent on trademark issues. And when I heard the term Redneck Riviera, as a guy who grew up in South Carolina, talking about the Grand Strand of Myrtle Beach and stuff, I never heard that term applied to that. Redneck Riviera was more about... The coast of Alabama and the Emerald Coast of Florida. That's what yeah. I always heard it, when, especially when I lived in Nashville. People talked about going down to the Redneck Riviera. Yeah, well, see, in Kentucky, all of my friends used to go to Myrtle Beach. We always went to Washington, D.C. because my cousin was working for a senator there. Yeah. And we got to go visit him because he didn't get to come home a lot. But uh, And he was like 17 years younger than my mom. So she was more, he was more like her child than her little cousin. But anyway, but uh, I've had trademark issues. I had a kid whose legal name is Landon Michael McGee, and uh, somebody had trademarked his name, Landon Michael, his real legal name, and his his name was Chris Johnson, and he got a trademark and took my client's name, and there's nothing we can do. They trademarked his legal name, so we had to shut down all of his uh, all of his sites because they both did music and since. Christopher Johnson was doing it two more years than my client was. You know, we had to shut down social. We had to pull everything off Spotify. It was a flipping mess. We had to start all over again. They were mixing up his music on Spotify. It looked like we did it on purpose, and we did not. It was just a mess, but we finally got it cleared up, you know. but It uh, it is a big, hot mess. And just to kind of put the nail in the coffin, Precious, it couldn't have been South Carolina that you thought of when you – called it the redneck riviera because i'll tell you there are no rednecks in south carolina have you not been with bike week down there in may (laughs) (laughs) there are no rednecks in south carolina and i can report on that i'm heading that way later this week and the first redneck that i find in the palmetto state i'll bring them right here on the y'all show and and let them talk to you and tell them yeah they're a redneck but i don't think there's any rednecks i don't think there ever have been in south carolina and maybe even in some of these other states, we don't have any. That's more of a Kentucky hillbilly thing, I think you're thinking of. Yeah, well, I wish I could call it hillbilly, but I'm <laughs> told, you just wait. I'm going to call you and say, hey, yeah. you know, let me know if you got any rednecks there. But hey, let, let, trip, darling. let's point this out before we hang up with you. Randy Travis, a good Carolina boy, he was at number one on the country charts in 1988 on this day with I Told You So from his album Always and Forever. Also back in 1977, going back to 40, what is that, 42 years ago, Waylon Jennings was on top of the chart with the old Waylon album. And the album featured one of his signature songs, a track with Willie Nelson called Lukenbach, Texas. Birthdays this week, Mr. Clemson Tiger, Lee Bryce. He is 39 years young. Also, this very day, Chris Young, we talked about, the pride of Murfreesboro, born June 12th of 1985. 
Also, hey, we just mentioned Waylon Jennings was number one on the album charts in 1977. Well, Waylon, the great, late great singer, born on this day in 1937 and died in 2002. Waylon Jennings born actually June 15th. So that is a quick look at some of our country music history. Precious Harris, author of I Know Country and a music career development consultant. Thank you for taking a little time to talk to y'all. And we hope you get that walking pneumonia just walk it on down the line and get rid of it. <laughs> I will. I promise. I promise. All right. You go rest and thank you much. <laughs> You're welcome. You're having a good day, everyone. Bye-bye. Uh, all right. Precious Harris. Well, that will wrap up our y'all show here on this hump day edition. We'll be right back here on Thursday with more country music greatness. Well, country and sports greatness and all kinds of Southern greatness. You don't want to miss it. It's the y'all show with John Rawl. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.